The Utah Jazz have a one-team summit, and the core of what this franchise is could not be more evidently clear. The USA can't get out of the World Cup, and Thurl Bailey, day two on the year of the Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give me insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Today on the show, we will get to day two of Thurl Bailey, despite the much delay. Apologize for that last week. I'll explain. I want to share a little bit about uh, the organization you're rooting for and believing in uh, after a summit and then Team USA falls. Um, we'll recap kind of that World Cup experience uh, and what it means. Uh, hope you're well. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke. This is Locked on Jazz. It's daily podcast in the Utah Jazz. It's free and available on all podcasting apps. Thank you for all those who leave five-star reviews. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. Uh, so I did uh, day two with Thurl Bailey and never got to it last week. I apologize. Um, I don't have a great excuse um, other than Thursday and Friday when I was going to do it, we ended up having, which I knew, um, I just didn't understand I was going to impact my schedule, the Jazz One Team Summit, which was an entire organizational event. Um, in the Salt Palace with multitude of speakers for two days and kind of a lot of talk about the Jazz as a franchise and a culture and who we are and what we're working for. And um, first off, it was just kind of incredible. Um, tip of the hat to Jim Olson and and all who McKinley and all who put it together because it was just a super cool event. Um, on a personal note, as the play-by-play announcer, like I'm not in the office every day, so I don't have the same bond that a lot of the other coworkers have with each other. And it was really neat to be a part of that. Um, and so that was fabulous, just on a personal note. Uh, you're like, okay, well, what does this mean to me? So I just think what, as a fan, it would be interesting to you to know two things. I mean, one, you're you're investing a huge amount of time in rooting for this team, <clears throat> a lot of money, um, either uh, not not to watch it on television anymore. You can do that for free, KJAZ. Um, but you're investing a lot of many time personal, like, so I think it would, it should be very rewarding to know one that like the organization is trying to run well enough and do a good enough job, um, to bring you success, uh, to bring you a championship. And that was clear. Um, the idea that they spent this amount of money, brought in speakers, they brought in this incredible Chris Wardell Paralympic. They brought in this guy who was the. I think chief marketing officer of Beats is now at Apple. Um, I'm kind of Grady Johnson, I think is his name. Um, they brought in um, so just great speakers. Uh, they brought in people from the NBA. Uh, Ryan talked. Ashley talked. Um, they kind of shared with us where the company was, the incredible work our sales staff has done. Um, how I, I got to tell you this: this franchise overkicks its coverage. A great deal. I mean, this is why Ryan Smith talks about this as an emerging market, not a small market. Um, that we're an emerging market, not a small market. When you look at the data of what our sales team has achieved 
for the market size that it has. It's a great example of how much success you can have in Utah, uh, despite the fact it's not Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York. Um, so there were two things that were my major takeaways, three things that were my major takeaways I wanted to share with you. One is just like, I think if I was a fan of a team and I knew that the, the organization did this, I think that's really cool. Like shows that the ownership cares about its, its staff. It shows that they're trying to achieve greatness. It shows that they're trying to bring people together. They're trying to have a collective energy. They have goals in mind and this is how they plan to get there. They're not just rolling per se, you know, cliche rolling the ball out and, and performing the, the two things that really jumped out to me was despite how difficult it is to do, there's just no question that the goal of this organization is to win a championship. And that's, that is unique. Actually. I I think in many ways, when you are around franchises, they can all talk about a championship, but the truth is it's actually beneficial. Like if you can just be top four in your conference and then, and this is what I've always said. Like, I, I think I could, like if I ran a franchise, I, my goal would be to be top four in my conference and then kind of see if I can get some sprained ankles along the way. Like that's a doable thing. Trying to win a championship feels like it's virtually impossible. Um, but that's clearly the goal. And part of that is pushing departments in the company beyond what's naturally expected financially and otherwise to be able to create an environment where we could win a championship. The second one, which frankly for me, I think is great. Um, and makes me even more fired up to work is a larger purpose. You know, it's clear Ryan and Ashley, once they sold Qualtrics, Ryan wanted in the NBA. He could have done it anywhere. And somehow he got the fortunate opportunity to do it in Utah. And a huge part of the mission of this franchise is to better Utah and to push Utah forward into the prime forefront of where, you know, it's spot in the, in, in, you know, call it what you want, like in America or in the landscape um, to take all of its incredible strengths, highlight them, and then help it evolve at the same time. And it's pretty cool to be a part of that. Um, and it's really what sports has really done forever, frankly. If you kind of go through history, that's sports is always the, the leader, um, and the precursor to what's coming. So really awesome to be a part of, to see, to be there. This is not breaking news. This is the stuff you go tell your friends about at the water cooler. This isn't kind of, oh my gosh, Colin Sexton learned a new crossover pull-up. But I actually think it might be more important. Uh, the entire basketball staff was there. Will talked. Justin Zanuck talked. Um, it was awesome. And a tip of the hat to the organization and to all the people who put it together. Uh, Carolyn Klein uh, was a huge part of it as well. Um, it was really cool. And just, you know, they're on the forefront now streaming, right? Like the willingness to just go out and Ryan doesn't like the word disruptor, but it's hard to use any other word um, and to be out on the front edge and to, to be, you know, forcing, forcing action and to be plotting your own course without any you know, beacons showing you where to go, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, again, um, I'm not sure what to think about the USA not getting a medal. Like, I, I'm like, I actually am kind of, I find it to be really significant. Yeah, we didn't have some of our best players. Um, we've lost in the World Cup before. Not getting a medal? 
losing three of our final four feels like a fairly considerable story that many of us are um like we just kind of slough it off like oh well it happens it feels as though this is like i mean the easy line on this is that it's like the globalization of the game the fact that franz wagner leads germany to their championship with mo wagner how cool two brothers dennis schroeder like germany just won a basketball world cup that's a bit crazy to me um Canada's got this roster that actually is like better than ours. Like the whole time you're watching that going, oh, Canada's going to beat the U.S. Chase better than any player we have. And their roster's better. They have ball movers. It's, it's you know, and and honestly, I just don't entirely know where to go with it. Like, is it an indictment of the AAU system? Eh, I kind of actually feel the other way about the AAU system right now. I think our players are incredibly ready by the time they get into our um program it's an indictment of usa basketball their players don't play together enough and so these other teams are more collective like that germany team couldn't have been together for that much time um is it just a statement of how incredibly global the game has become and that these that these other teams are just as good is it something really romantically awesome about basketball that the the best team doesn't win which doesn't feel like that's the truth more often than not. feels like the best players do win. Um, but is there something romantic about basketball back to Hoosiers and to all these stories where if you collectively play as one, you can somehow be better than the individuals? Maybe. Maybe that's what Germany just did. Um, it's a little bit what Luca did in the Euro Cup many years back. So I don't know, but it feels super significant to me without being able, in a bad way, for the USA basketball. In a good way, maybe, for the global game. Um, oh, we just don't care as much? Eh, I have a hard time with that. It was a hell of a commitment made by everybody involved um, to suddenly decide you don't care. Could have worn out, I guess. Um, do we not have big men? That could be it. Like, there could be something here that we're actually just short big men. That somehow in America, we're not producing the big man the way they're being produced across the world. Um, But that doesn't really explain that why Canada would be better than us. So I don't have a good explanation, but I do think like it's, I think it was actually a bellwether moment that we should be watching to see what it means moving forward. All right. Thurl Bailey's joining us today. Tim Lacombe later in the week, three or four this week. I promise. Um, Apologize for last week. That's what happened. Um, but we'll get Big T coming up for you. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. I've been driving the Ionic 5 a ton recently because my daughter did not take it to college, so I've gotten it back. It's awesome, super fun, great electric car, great power. It's why it won Motor Trend SUV Car of the Year. The Ionic 6 is gorgeous. I got a cool email from a guy in the Hyundai uh, employee thing trying to uh, – Help me out getting my Ionic 6 because we all know I'm obsessed with the Ionic 6 and haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, it won the car of the year. Those are the two electric cars Hyundai has. They have the great SUV lineup with the Palisade being the beautiful, biggest one. The Kona being the smallest, zippiest. The Santa Fe right in the middle. We have two of those, one uh, in each of the kids' college campuses right now. Uh, so really just a great lineup of cars. You get the more, most bang for the buck. And they have the Murdochs who over 80 years of experience in Utah making sure 
that you get the Murdoch experience with no regrets. Email me first if you'd like at DLock09. I'll set you up with a VIP meeting, and we'd love to help you out over at Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. So please stop by today and visit Murdoch Hyundai and find out, get your no regrets experience. Today's show is also brought to you by Ibotta. This is kind of cool. Uh, for you. He, let me give you how Ibotta works. It's an opportunity for you to go and uh, pick up your burgers, your hot dogs for the last of the summer barbecues, for you to go out um, and get their new clothes and still get something back. So Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care. Uh, so you can make beating inflation, no matter what you're purchasing, a little bit easier. It's kind of cool. So here's how it works. You download the Ibotta app, um, and the average Ibotta user is saving about $120 per year. So that's a shopping trip or a little trip or a night out or a ball game. Um, Other apps give you points, but Ibotta gives you real cash back. So go right now. You'll get $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. In the Google Play or App Store, use the code LOCKED, and it gives you, you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and real deal, real retailers. Wow, try that again. Uh, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, etc. It's all at Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A. Download it today. Day two with Big T. So at the end of the last conversation, you kind of slid in there. Thir- uh, the a confidence was gained by Lowry. There's the great story of Will Hardy in a film session. Says everybody in this room understand that Lowry Marketing is our best player. Like everybody got it. What did you see from All Star Lowry Marketing last year? And what is like? So he's probably the 25th best player in the NBA right now. What does what happens to get him to the 15th best player in the NBA? What's that based on? Just numbers? Yeah, I mean, just kind of like, yeah. I mean, he was like right borderline all NBA. All NBA is the top 15 players. Then there's like another like eight guys were in that group. So I just put him in there. Like, how does he, how does he break into all NBA? Kind of is where, where, what I'm asking. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just uh, stop. It's um, all right. He, he just called you to tell you. Like, I understand. right there. No, you know, I, I just think that being in the right situation is always important. Um, timing is important expectations obviously on yourself and having the trust of the team to to say what you just said coach Hardy said in the locker room and the team co-signed it Um, and some of it's not up to you D right it really isn't Um, elaborate on that what do you mean by that I mean, everybody around him's got to buy into it and know and know that he is the guy. Every every team has to have one or two. Uh, some teams have three. That's why they struggle sometimes because it doesn't fit everybody in the same way. And so guys are compete competing. And so when you have a guy like Lowry Marketing, who first of all, away from basketball, he's just. I think he's in a good place. I think he is just one of those guys who. Um, he's, he's got a great supporting cast and family around him outside of basketball. Um, and he's just still growing. He's growing as a player. And I think he's, 
I think he definitely has a, a great chance to be all NBA. And a lot of that is depending upon how the team does, obviously. But he's not looking to go out and like selfishly show that he's the guy. It's within the system that relies on him to do certain things. And that's not just with the ball in his hands, right? He moves well without the basketball. Um, they're going to be nice. He's going to struggle. What do you see when he's struggling, right? Is he got his head down? Is he doing other things? That's the kind of guy Lowry is. And so um, the Jazz with a winning season, the Jazz making the playoffs, that that gets him up in the ranks because a lot of it is not about your numbers necessarily personally, which they are important, but it's about the collective numbers of the team and, and how you fit in that. Um, but he's on his way. No, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it that he's one of the more, more exciting players to watch in this league. Let me ask you a specific kind of part of his game that I, I do think is kind of the next step for him. So there, there, it's two part. One is it's seven, one. It's hard to put the ball in the deck. Like there's a long way for it to go. Like you watch Kevin Durant. He actually doesn't do it that much. He kind of takes one or two and pulls back for his J. Lowry's stronger than Kevin Durant. Like he's not as pure a shooter. So he's going to have to, like he jumped his free throws, I think from four per 40 minutes to, to eight per 40 minutes. Like that, that's that jump he's got to hold. Right. What is that learning to stay low, be on that dribble at seven, one, how, how difficult that. And then part two of that question is how do you ever learn how to pass off that? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on what you're putting on the deck for and okay. who you're putting on the deck against, right? I mean, it's different if you're not low and you've got, you know, uh, you know, six, one to six, four or five guys switched out on you. Well, it's still your advantage if you're a decent ball handler. Doesn't mean you have to blast by that guy. You shoot over him. And I think most of it, D, is IQ. It's understanding what situation you've been put in and how to take advantage of. Now there's not a, sometimes the answer to that situation is just give it up, <laughs> just give it up to somebody else. Um, does Lowry need to be that kind of guy when he is set on getting to the basket and he's, he's moving that he needs to be able to pass out of that. Oh, it'll help him for sure. But the, the biggest thing you need to know is where everybody is. And so at 7-1, you can pass over most people. If if there's somebody that height up there with you, they're not going to be as quick as you. They're not going to be able to defend you one-on-one out on the court, all right? Maybe only a few who can do that. But I would put my money on Lowry in a one-on-one situation. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, he's worked on being a better ball handler as well. But Kevin Durant doesn't need to be that over dribbling guy. He just uses it when he, when he needs to, if he's coming down on the break and he's not, there's no threat. There's nobody in front of him. Then he can see a play ahead. And that's, that's really a big key for guys like that is what do you see? You know, what, what do you see that's developing on this defense that you can take advantage of guys heads on the swivel, you go back door. Um, but most people, I don't think most teams are going to leave Lowry marketing in a one-on-one situation a lot of times there's so many different off defenses in this league. Now guys are going to get doubled. Um, they're going to make sure that it may be a taller guy or, or help coming, or you're going to blitz people, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know if Lowry needs to worry about 
you know, getting his dribble lower necessarily on a consistent basis. He just needs to be smart with what he's really good at. I mean, and he's not a bad ball handler, you know, for, for what I think he's going to be utilized for. I thought there's some value to maybe just getting the ball at 16 feet and letting him one, two, three power dribble, maybe not crossover stuff. Like just one, you know, like I just felt like there was a little bit like that's the next thing is like, you know what? It's 94, 94. And like, here's the beeping ball. Let's go. Like I, that, that was, that's the, that's the next piece to me. And it was interesting as they, his ISO game got less efficient as the year went on, his teams got ready for it. So that he's got to counter that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think some of that's coach Hardy's responsibility. Right. Um, but I also think, I mean, I read an interesting article. I can't remember where it was from, but talked about putting Larry Markin at the two guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, you've got this average height of 6'10 out there on the court. Um, you know, may not be a bad idea to experiment with it based on who you're playing. But that's that's the value of having a guy like Lowry is that that's you you get you can put him in a lot of different positions, offensively, defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a guy who can figure it out real quick and then um, and, and take advantage of it. This he's just so so brilliant and not having to have the basketball in his hand to make a difference on offense. He's Thurl Bailey. Bring in the goods today. So Walker Kessler. Is he, do, do we use the word? The word where you looked at me about ten years, two special. years ago? Told <laughs> Is me, he going to be special? Tell me that. See that guy? Rudy Gobert is going to be special. You called it early. How far are you willing to go with Walker? Oh, I, I'm willing to go maybe even further. Really? Think about that. And, and, and Rudy's special was different special. His special was what can this kind of unorthodox, quirky-looking guy be used for? How can he be good at it? And I wasn't thinking sky hooks. I wasn't thinking jump shots. Um, I was thinking, first of all, how how much room can you take up? What can you do on the defensive end? Right? I think he proved that. No question. Uh, maybe to the chagrin of other people who think that, you know, he – He's got that height, but he should be able to play defense in a different way. But he proved that. But offensively is where I thought he could really be special. And his timing and his decision-making um, and his ability to be in the right place at the right time, his ability to figure out what the defense is doing and not get lost in it. Um, and I thought Quinn Snyder did a great job of, for the most part, putting him into that situation where he could thrive at those things. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work that well on every team, right? You have to have the guys around you who committed. And, and, uh, and so they got what they needed out of him. Walker Kessler, though, I thought he came in with some different things, right? Um, even, his, even his shot blocking ability, I thought, was, was special already. Uh, I didn't know how special it could be. I, I wasn't one of those guys who was quite sure if it would translate from college to the pros. Uh, but I got him in the lab and we talked about it. Me being a shot blocker, I, I knew that language. So I wanted to see how he approached it. And um, 
you know, you often see them go up, not with just one hand, but with two, right? So it's not necessarily a guy like Rudy who targets a block and goes with one hand and gets it, catches a guy from behind or he can, he can get the shot off or, or get it to the basket. But Walker is becoming kind of a, a specialist. And to, and to be that, you got to fail a lot. You got to get dunked on. And he doesn't mind that. And that's what I like about him. Now, I think he's going to be a better offensive player this year as well. I saw some things that instinctive things that he was doing, like that spin move in the paint, not hesitating. Uh, it's not going to be all lobs for him. So I think that there's opportunities for him to hit, you know, that short corner shot or that in the paint jump shot and become more of a threat. Maybe, you know, maybe give him a three every now and then, maybe one, one in every 40 games, you know, you, you treat him to a three or whatever. But I, I just, I like his work ethic. I like the way he runs. Uh, I like how he reads uh, on the defensive side. And so I, I really think that uh, this USA thing is going to help him as well mature as a player. No question. Even if he doesn't get a ton of time, he's with some players that, uh, you know, he's going to, he's really going to progress. He's Big T, Thurl Bailey. We'll get back with more talk about the rookies. Taylor Hendricks might have some similar comparisons body-wise to Thurl. Get ready for the NBA season, the NFL season, with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Things I wish I knew earlier. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easier to use. You can do be everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL, the official sportsbook of LockedOn, and also NBA props, FIBA World Cup props, all there as well at FanDuel. Remember, we've got the NFL season preview for you, available at LockedOn NFL and all our college channels as well. All right, Big T, you've seen Keontae George. We really haven't seen Taylor Hendricks, but you might understand a six foot nine, 215 pound athlete. Uh, what do you expect out of them in their first season? Well, you sounded like you were throwing my my, my uh, weight and, and size out there. I came in as a rookie. 215? 215, 6'11. Were you? Okay. Two, yeah. two I didn't know that you had 215. Yeah, I was, I was tall, and that's all, baby. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I had some skill just coming off a national championship. Um, so I had certain things that that I was able to bring to the game as, as a small forward, right? Be a little more agile. Um, wasn't really a power forward. I know they have him listed as a power forward. Uh, but in this game. I think he can play. I think he can play a little backup to Lowry at the three this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays that position. Oh, no question. And and, and where we are today in basketball, there's no question that he can play that. He's a, And he's, he's a guy who can, you know, be switched off on smaller guys with that size on the defensive end. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see his growth. I'm excited to see his development with the Jazz coaches. I know we, like you said, we didn't get a chance to see him play this summer, but. Uh, the Jazz were really excited uh, to get him. And, uh, and you know, you, you trust that these guys know how to develop him through the season. You said it before, it's hard to be a rookie in this league and expect to come out and make a, a huge impact right away. Um, but I think that the way this Jazz team is built, they're going to need 
for these young players to come in and, and do something, make a difference. You can't just, you know, have them work out and practice. They, they got to show something. They got to show why they were, they were chosen. And, and uh, I'm excited. Your son played in the G league. You have a better understanding of what that league is, the warts and the pluses. Um, I've said that Taylor Hendricks is really interesting to me because he's a late bloomer and he's a late bloomer and that he was never the primary option in his high school team. He was not the primary option on his AAU team. Maybe he'll never be the prime, but let, but he wasn't even the number one shooter to, on, on central Florida last year. I feel like there would be some value for him to go play 35 minute night games at times in the G league where they decide he gets the ball and he's going to go to work and we're going to run our offensive sets with you. You're, you're the intention. Doesn't mean you shoot every time, but you're the intention. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Knowing the G league as well as you do? Yeah, I do. It never hurts. That never hurts. Especially if you're a guy from the jazz being sent down, it doesn't, it, it really is about you then. <laughs> and right. That's what you were saying. Um, the other part of this is the fact that, um, there comes a point where you just have to prove what you can do, right? You've got to prove what capabilities you have. You've got to prove that you belong. And, um, this is a very impatient league. And I think the the biggest word is patience. I, I think the jazz understand that their young players are, are going to need a lot of reps. They're going to need to prove themselves and they're going to get an opportunity at some point to, to get in there and show what they can do in five minutes, right? In, yep. in three minutes, <laughs> in 10, maybe. Uh, and based on the situation, you know, in 15. So um, that's, that's the tough part sometimes. Uh, about being a rookie is that, you know, there's got to be patience uh, on the coach's end to say, look, we're not looking for you to just bring it all right now. We're going to, you're going to develop. We're going to show you what you need to do. We're going to get you with these coaches and develop you, put you in situations. We're going to work your behind off. But, um, you know, I, I think with the core of what the jazz have already, there's not going to be a ton of expectations for these guys to come in and just try to prove that they belong in the NBA. They belong because they've been chosen. Now it's a matter of staying, what you need to do to stay in this league uh, and work in the offseason, work in practices, come out early and work on your stuff. Uh, and your number will be called at some point. Uh, and we'll prove that in the last year. That, like, right? I mean, I think Taylor learned that as well as anyone. Right. In, that, exactly. in, that, in out and out. Uh, what did you see from Keontae George? And what of it translates to playing against Jamal Murray, John Morant, uh, Shade Gilgis, Alexander? Uh, we can run, you know, rather than playing, rather than playing against Freddie Ferrari or whoever it was that he was playing against in Salt Lake City. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think uh, you know, Jazz Nation, the Locked On Nation, is very astute, and they understand that the summer league. It isn't the varsity. It isn't the true test, right? But it's something. Yes. Right? It is something. And it gives you an opportunity to look at these guys. As I look at Keontae George come out in the first half of his first summer league game and just not look or feel comfortable, maybe nervous, um, which is normal 
for the most part. Now, what does he do? How does he react? Uh, you know, how's he looking when he's sitting over there thinking about how bad he's playing in the first half? And I watch him come out in the second half, D. He's a totally different guy. Yeah. Not sure what happened, but it's got to be his makeup to say, look, I belong here. I got. I know I'm better than this. He didn't come out and press. Right. He came out. He let the game come to him. And now it's like, okay, all right. And then you get to Las Vegas. And now you're already settled in. You, are, you know what to expect. You know, you know that, that you're going to play a big part in what this team is doing in the summer league. And I just thought he was brilliant. I know he got injured along the way, but um, yeah, he's, he definitely has something. And, uh, and I think it's something that the jazz could use right now. Well, it'll be fun to see big T. Yep. Let's go do lunch before we start. You're the best. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You're buying, baby. Of course. Of course I'm buying. You never I, I, let I, me buy, but I would buy. I like I say it too. All right. I I the, you want if everyone wants the truth, if I go to lunch with Thurl, I try to buy it, I never buy. He always buys. So I find things Thurl likes throughout the season and I arrive on the bus, the games with him. <laughs> and the primary one is the acai bowl that he loves in our place right next to Dallas every time. Or this year, I went a step further in which I paid for it so that when I walked in, it would be taken care of. You're the man. All the little games we play with each other on the road to stay entertained. Looking nice. forward to it. I really, you know, I'm super excited to spend Christmas with you, too. On the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Love you, David. Love you, man. Talk to you later. All right. See that you. is Big T. This is Locked Up. Program. Thanks very much to Big T. Send him a thank you on Twitter or X or whatever it is. This has been Locked on Jazz.